0: This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean
2: Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour each and every Sunday night from 10 to 11. This is where we discuss and dissect the political talking points, the propaganda. Designed specifically of, uh, uh, to be in a faux virtue, which is all it's about is about controlling you, about manipulating you, about selling you the lies and scams from each different party. The whole time while they self-enrich them, while they enrich themselves. What's the matter here, Macbeth? What? The you headphones can't talk? don't work. I got beeping going on. I can't talk. We've got gum. I'm running late. Your we hair got looks beeping. great. Yeah, I got beeping now. That's all right. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, if you care to participate in the is show. Is a uh, psychiatric issue? Yeah. Are you taking medication for this? <laughs> if you care to participate in the show, give us a call at 312-642-5600. Now, a couple things. This is a busy, busy couple of days. We've got to go through the propaganda of the shutdown, the panic. Beware, ladies and gentlemen. 17% of the government won't be open. How much is 17%? Not enough to get worried about, not enough for everything that we need to keep going. This is kind of the the little cream of the crop, that 17%. They want you to believe it's essential, but none of it really is essential. And what you have to realize is that 22 million people work for the government in one form or another. So if 17% of those people stay home, of which they're all going to get back pay. So we're hearing time in and time out for the last 48 hours how it's unimaginable. That 17% of 22 million people not going to work tomorrow is somehow going to stop the rotation of the earth. And uh, it's a busy week here in Chicago. Macbeth, as you know, I sell real estate. I had to go into the city on Saturday during the march. The march, which really... Fun. Oh, jeez. I, I didn't know if a bunch it's of...
1: right up your... Uh- your alley there.
2: it looked like a bunch of teamsters test driving minivans i had to go i had to go there at three o'clock which apparently is when it was over because everything was jammed up you know what i mean i didn't know i thought maybe richard simmons was doing a sweating to the oldies too when he was filming in chicago it was a casting big, call uh,
1: big turnouts for that
2: uh, i know why they call it a cattle call but i it was just uh and all i kept thinking about is the husbands mm-hmm. of these lovely women that attended this march How lucky they must feel that their wife is politically active. And how when they got home, they probably said, Honey, is there another march next weekend? It's like the greatest gift to guys married to these people. Just please go march somewhere. Get out of the house. Get some air. You could use the walk. It was hard to find anything under a size 8. So we're not going to talk about the march. I don't want to talk about football. I know Tom Brady, big comeback. Who cares? I don't care. Well,
1: I've said on this station before, in this time slot, never bet against Tom Brady. That said, I think they're going to
2: lose. All right, whatever. I did, done. So I feel, Super Bowl done. I feel kind of like the water be- boy's mother when it comes to football. Who cares? Foosball. It's the devil. <laughs> I don't care. It's the devil. I think Bobby Boucher so-
1: football uh, is the devil. It
2: makes society dumber because no one is really... I, I don't hear an, uh, an outrage of the nonsense of the f- fake emergency sold by Chuck Schumer, sold by... L- dick durbin sold by i can't feel my face nancy pelosi of which we have clips loading and when nancy pelosi can talk you're going to tell me Macbeth. she does she hasn't missed a happy hour since 87 there's not a question in my mind she's pickled half of the time
1: well you do have this from the beginning of uh this was chuck todd
3: playing this for dick durbin at the beginning of their as many people have pointed out republicans who were all for a shutdown when president obama was in office are opposed to one now But Democrats, too, have had a change of heart. Here's what three prominent Democrats sounded like in 2013 when Republicans were threatening to shut down the government over health care.
4: You do not use the the threat of shutting down government to try to advance uh, your policy agenda. That's just not the way it works.
3: could say we're shutting down the government we're not going to
5: raise the debt ceiling until you pass immigration reform it would be governmental chaos i know you but if we're talking about competency and accountability i have a question for the republicans we just went through a government shutdown of your creation who's going to be held accountable for that now even chuck todd who's worked for Democrats, who's given money to
2: Democrats, who is a Democrat, admittedly a Democrat. Even he sees the hypocrisy and the reversal and the nonsense scam of how it's through the hokey pokey, how they just switch lines and it's the same song and dance, just sung in a different key by different members. So it was it used to be Democrats. They didn't want to shut down. Now they do want the shutdown, and one thing that 's truly evident, I wonder how many Democrats out there, who people who think they 're Democrats, who believe in in all the socialist agenda, the Venezuelan economic policies who who can 't recognize that little Dick Durbin and Nancy Pelosi that they 're socialists, that they all have done nothing for forty years except work for the government and amass multi millions for their spouses, I wonder if they wake up and they realize. They are playing politics, not just with the government, not just with society as we know it, and all the different programs that everybody buys into, but that they are representing non-citizens, non-citizens. You have for the first time in my memory, there's been arguments. I was there, I remember politically aware in '86 when uh, uh, Reagan bought the boondoggle of let's give him a, a amnesty for the two million at that time, two million. Which the numbers are so ridiculous. It's like talking.
1: Well, how can you? Yeah. How can you? It's like talking
2: to Skilling's brother about math, the Enron (laughs) Scheister. You can't get a right answer. They're making it up. They're pulling it out of their shoe. It's not even worth repeating because there's nobody believes it's 800,000. The Heritage Foundation, Breitbart, they report, report 3.7 million. Report. I've heard as high as 7 million. You can't get a strict answer because we're guessing on. The black market, the underbelly of our society. Let's just make up numbers. And we're talking about all of them as if they're virtuous, as if they're in college, as if they're in the military. When you really look at the numbers and you realize these are individuals of which we don't have an idea what they are or what their morality is or what they do. But that's not the scam we're being sold. We're being sold this fake virtue. And now, you know, it's funny, Macbeth and I were talking before the show, and it's something we really don't get in. I, as you could tell, I kind of sway more towards I believe in the Declaration of Independence. The Constitution is a passe now.
1: I believe in it too. I've actually seen it, so I know it, it exists. It, it's
2: passe. So so when I look at something, regardless of, of my own agenda, I, I feel that it is about the Declaration of Independence. We are all steeped in liberty. We are all kings of our castle. We are all entitled to our property. These are the things that are important. And I think about if if you or me or Macbeth had the uh, unfortunate happenings of being born in a totalitarian, corrupt country like, let's say, Mexico. I would do all that I could to get here. I am sympathetic to that plight, and I understand it. I think we should have common sense immigration. Let's interview each one and find out what the intention is and have certain rules and restrictions. I have said in the beginning, if you listen to the show, this is really an argument about welfare. It is about welfare that I do not believe American citizens should get, let alone people who are not part of our fabric, of our societal fabric, who haven't contributed for 50 and 60 years. They'll learn for their own accord that it's a scam anyway. But my point is, when you just come here for those benefits of which we've been advertising in these countries for decades, I think that is the problem, right? It's the schools, it's the free insurance, it's the welfare, it's this CHIP program, okay? So you have these politicians come in, all of whom who've never had a job, who couldn't pass an economics 101 class. And by that I mean Durbin, Pelosi, and Schumer. The slip and fall lawyer first elected in the 70s, right? These guys have no concept of what that we are expanding these social products and they're bankrupt. You know, Macbeth, I didn't hear anything. I had to look it up today. Do you know two months ago the disability trust fund is went bankrupt two months ago? Bankrupt CBO comes on, there is no money in it. So it doesn't really matter because it's set up as a shill anyway. It's a pass-through. They're borrowing. They're taking from other places to fund what they have to fund. And they're trying to fight it all the way like they do with Medicaid and Medicare and all of the glorious programs we pretend work efficiently. They don't work. So now you have this new one, Chip. Now, I'm a cigar smoker. As many of you know, I own the Elmer Cigar House. As a cigar smoker, each time I purchase a cigar, there's a chip tax. Did you know that, Macbeth? Yes, I it did. It's a syntax that they like to put on uh, cigar smokers. So I don't know if it's a dime or a quarter. Who, do, who knows? It fluctuates you all the time. You should know that. Fluctuates all the time.
1: Not the, I don't, but you should.
2: It fluctuates all the time. But the, the broader point is they sell it as its insurance for the kids. So let's let's talk about what chip insurance is. Have you ever really looked at it, McBeth? Uh, a little bit. Staggering. For instance, you know how you qualify. for Why are you the chip? asking
1: me stuff when you know I'm busy?
2: Because I like how, I like to see you panic. Well, time I for I like you. the sweat beads on the top of your bald head. You know how, I am
1: not sweating. It's nice and
2: cool. What the qualifications are for the chip program for kids? It's if you're within 138 percent of the poverty line. A family of four, 138 percent of the poverty line, which basically means that you're not in poverty. It's about corrupting anyone making well, what's, under what's 60, the poverty
1: line like 15,000? 28. 28?
2: Yeah. So think about that. You could make almost 70,000 and you qualify for this chip welfare redistribution scam which is about paying doctors on top of the medicaid. It's all ridiculous. Let's dissect it, let's reject it. No political talking points, strictly answers about liberty. This is the Liberty Hour 312-642-5600.
0: It's the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on af 560 The Answer. Everybody
2: knows this is the Liberty day Hour, day each and, and every Sunday night, Everybody 10 to 11, knows. rejecting Everything talking points, dissecting issues. So before we went to the let's break... Dissect, let's
1: dissect something
2: else. Yeah, before I went to the break, uh-huh. I spit out numbers, I did it out of memory. So I <laughs> looked it up for the CHIP family size income. It's very interesting, McBeth. Uh, let's do a family of four, okay? A family of four, it's free, free insurance for kids age one through five if you make between $38,622 and $51,168. Oh, you're,
1: you're, you're killing yourself here.
2: Now, it's, if your age is, it's also free, Wait. ages six through 18, if you make up to $59,863. Now, you do have to pay. If you if you make up to sixty four thousand four hundred and fifty two, uh, you have to pay sixty four dollars a person. But what this really is is a description of different welfare benefits for the middle class.
1: It's convoluted because you just you're, you're just spitting on more numbers. No, what you had said was that the poverty level was was twenty. 20-
2: 28, it's actually okay, higher. 28,
1: that's for an individual. Correct. And then you said you were able to make uh, 64, which you spent a, a, the correct number, but for a family of four. Right. So the poverty level for the family of four is 46700
2: roughly. Right. But l- listen, Macbeth, you and I grew up with parents making a lot less than this, not on welfare. You understand my point? This is about taking our welfare system point and point giving just it, sure that and giving it to right. non-citizens. Okay, this is about taking a welfare system which should not exist anyway, not even for citizens. The idea that a family of four can make nearly sixty five thousand dollars and not pay for insurance for their kids is outrageous to me. So what do you what exactly do you have to pay for? I mean, I'm I'm completely confused you don't have to pay for the schooling for your kids right that's on me too that's on you that's on everybody let's spread around you don't have to pay for insurance which means you don't have to pay for the medical aspects of your kid and by the way if you're a pregnant mom in illinois and you want to get rid of the kid you want to whack the kid you want to kill the kid i got that covered too so what exactly is it that people pay for in their own life This explains why Democrat politicians want to talk about an entire group of people of which they don't know a number as if they're all dreamers and they're all wonderful and they're all patriots and they're all college students and they all go to the army because they don't want you to focus on what it is we shouldn't be getting even if you are citizens. The entire welfare system is about corrupting society to bend knee to these know-nothing politicians. Can we go back to the shutdown? All right. We'll, go back. well, let's go to Jim. He's on the line. Let's give him a... Let's give it... Jim from South Elgin. How are you, Jim? Good, man. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Go ahead.
0: Good. And it's also, with this whole thing with the government shutdown... Yeah. It supposedly is about, uh, you know, these, these DACA people. But yet, you know, when... Uh, Appiah wanted to support the, uh, or when Sheriff Joe in Arizona wanted to do the same thing with federal law. Do what? What the they do?
2: When you say do the same thing, I'm confused as to what you're saying. Do what same thing?
0: Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, I was. You're see, pickled. In Arizona, in Appiah wanted to enforce federal law against immigration. What did Obama do? You can't do that. But now, you know. And the AG from California? Oh, we have to have, you know, we cannot support uh, federal law.
2: Way to bring the energy level up. Yeah, yeah. my. All right. I Go get on, it. Jim. We've got to get Jim one of those espresso machines because it is late, to Jim's defense. It's Sunday. It's a long weekend. I know Jim. He's obviously exhausted. But um, to, to, <laughs> listen. What time
1: is it in South Elgin? Just... Listen,
2: the federal law is a moving target because what this really shows you is if you don't like the law, just don't participate in it. Get enough politicians to to pick out a law they don't like, and they will represent you whether you're a citizen or a non-citizen. My gripe with this isn't about arguing over the issues, of which it is a politician's job to do. It is about representing citizens, whether it's Louis Gutierrez, whether it's Dick Durbin, whether it's uh, Tammy Duckworth. These are now people, and here's the other thing, it's Chuck Schumer, who, if you're a Democrat senator, you have been ordered to, you have been told you will agree with me. You can't vote for yourself. I find it extremely hard to believe that not one Democrat senator votes against this. Not one. What I don't like about our political parties, and I noticed it with John Boehner, When you have a step-and-fetch policy where all Republicans do this and all Democrats do that, you have broken the covenant of a representative government. Yeah. Because the notion that we do not have a Democrat anywhere who says, you know what? This is ridiculous. And we want funding for the wall. We will give you concessions on different spending for your different programs. Because the reality is if you look at the minutia, if you look at the details of this deal, of what it was, I don't agree with funding welfare programs. I don't. Right. But the idea that we were going to have we concessions noticed. for border security yeah. and that there were going to be stipulations on DACA, that's the deal. Well, that uh, Durbin talks about
3: that. You got the clip? Why, why draw the line in the sand now? It seems like you, to the average American, you guys are fighting over how long the window of negotiation on immigration should be. One month? Or five days two weeks or three weeks do you see how to the average american they're not quite sure why this is the line in the sand versus say a month from now
5: let me tell you the average american uh, feels frustration that we haven't solved the problem and uh, many problems that we face here in washington but let's put it in context
1: boy is that the understatement of the year i just had to pause for that you know
2: uh, you know what annoys me about this? We're acting as if this is a new problem. No. See, it's always—it's what I have said since the time we've gotten the show. Well,
1: it's unprecedented. The government has never shut down before.
2: It is within their failure lies their strength. Right. Dick Durbin has been an elected politician since the 80s. Well, yeah.
1: Since the 80s. Both, both parties are going for a midterm campaign issue, and any—you know—I mean,
2: two no. things have happened: his waist has gotten bigger and his and and his problem solving has increased at least to, one of those two is relevant to or policy. has decreased he did not solve the problem that he first was in the office he was there. For 1986.
1: Well, he's ready to solve problems now. That's why he's talking about uh, solving problems.
2: Go ahead. You got more. Give me give me more
5: Uh, of the problem solving. You understand the Republicans control the White House. The Republicans control the Senate, the House of Representatives and through their nominees, even the U.S. Supreme Court. What we're trying to do is to find a solution to a shutdown, which we believe is a Trump shutdown.
1: Okay, so it's, it's you know, they're obviously they're doing their best.
2: Well, he's a liar. Because here's the thing, it's not about just controlling. You know, as I know, unless you go nuclear, you need 60 senders. They don't
1: have or 60 senators.
2: You
5: just, you know, you just need to uh, make some friends. When the president said on January 9th, and I was sitting right next to him, "You send me a bill to solve the problem that he created on DACA. I'll sign it. I'll take the political heat." Within 48 hours, Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina, and I presented that bill to him. He rejected it out of hand. Mm-hmm. This last Friday, when Chuck Schumer was invited to the White House, he sat down with the president over lunch. There were two other people in the room. They hammered out an agreement where Chuck Schumer made major concessions on one of the major issues, the president's wall. Within two hours, the White House called and said that deal is off. Here's the deceit. The deceit
2: that he's not telling you is that in the Bachelor Lindsey Graham's bill and Little Dick Durbin's bill was an increase in spending that was not there during the meeting. Did you know that, McBeth? I had not read on it. They increased the spending to the DACA recipients in the interim the forty eight hours that he's talking about, they tweaked the numbers together, collusion if you will well, they both get they're both in it for the same thing and do you have Tom cotton addressing this? I mean I know I'm putting you on the spot. I
1: don't know which clip that was Tom
2: cotton he was on uh, uh the same show with the Democrat show.
1: no, I know who Tom cotton is I'm just saying i don't uh we can get into it let's, let's we're about to go to break oh.
2: Let's get into hate the, the breaks.
4: Kind. Macbeth, uh, I hate the breaks. I,
1: I'll give you a, a little Pelosi.
4: The problems start from the top and have to get solved from the top. The president is a leader, and he's got to get everyone in a room, and he's got to lead.
2: Anyone ever audited her husband, developer? She feel like following him? Did you ever audit the husband who's a developer that mysteriously buys land from the government? I myself have not. Known. I am so sick of pretending these people are representatives. They're not representing us, they're robbing us. This is the Liberty Hour. We will be back after these messages.
1: What are you talking about? You got another minute.
4: Another minute. Yeah, dope. I'll play another. President Trump. (laughs) And now, one year anniversary. A big, fat, failure F. Uh, for that first year. So it's no use having another CR unless we have the terms of engagement on how we go forward on the war. pay-fors, on, on the parity, on the pay-fors, on the pensions, on the um, A lot of DACA, no. and on the uh, on border security. It's the
2: easiest consonant for her to pronounce. Here's What's the best mean? thing about the continuing resolutions. They're our only friend. You know why? They limit the spending to last year's levels. So I say continuing resolutions for the next three years. Let's limit the spending And starve the beast. That's our only hope. This shutdown is our biggest friend. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600.
4: The crux of the matter is the Republicans do not want to invest in a domestic agenda. And they're using the kids as an excuse. They use the children of Chip as an excuse. They're using the children of uh, the Dreamers as an excuse not to address the fiscal discussion that we must have. Mr. Hoyer, do you, or Mr. Cl- uh, do we, uh, Mr. do you want to say that?
2: Yeah, whatever your name is. Sounds like me. The opening segment, I wonder if her headphones were clapping go to uh we have a caller on the line if you care to participate give us a call at 312-642-5600 let's go to one of my favorite callers you got her mcbeth she's here all right sharon how are you sharon from my task hey,
6: gentlemen yes i'm still here i'll tell you something what we should do pelosi is such a nutcase it's pathetic but what should happen <laughs> all it. of those temporary unnecessary employees should remain. Unemployed, they need to get into the private sector with the new policies by this administration. They'll do much better than working for the government. Number one, number two, I think that the DACAs, these kids, they're not our kids. They should all be sent back home if they're older. We are not separating families. The families who entered this country illegally had separated their own family. I'm so sick and tired of this malarkey, and the longer they stay closed, I have one question. That is closing down the government. How long will we be able to take to balance our budget? I wonder how long they'd have to stay closed down. To
2: About seventy five hundred years. Sharon, are you folding blankets? Yeah. What is going? You got the window open. She's got the convertible top down. It's forty degrees. She must have no, got real. No, it's, no. it's a All heat right. wave, actually. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Sharon. I'll tell you, Sharon this,
1: isn't, isn't it a little harsh to say that we're just going to fire everybody who's who's furloughed right now? Are are you willing to see a phase in?
6: Well, well. Per- You know what? It depends on how important they are. I think we've got too much bloat and waste in the government. And once everything flies, when the file's hit the fan with Hillary and everything else, the public's going to be ready to hit the Capitol building with pitchforks and torches. We're really tired out here, and we're stuck in Illinois. You know, what can we say? Well,
2: we're out of patience. Well, here's the other issue. To Trump's credit, he's fired federal employees. To Trump's credit, he's gotten rid of thousands of federal employees. Here's the problem. The local, state, and municipalities have increased the amount of employees to offset that by double. So the issue really is it's almost irrelevant how many of these these 17% of the government is going to shut down because your own local governments are still open. Yeah. Your local governments are open. All right. That's why it's just strictly a scare tactic. Let's,
1: let's bring it back to the uh, the nationwide picture, shall we? All right, go ahead. You have a, uh, a thing you'd like to say for uh, legal reasons?
2: Oh, you're talking about Tom Cotton on Meet the Press? With? With uh, Chuck Todd.
3: What would you say of what kind of deal the president will accept? Because there does seem to be... Um, i proud of you. The president, Tuesday Trump, I guess as Lindsey Graham likes to call him, you were in that larger meeting. He looked like he was willing to essentially accept... Graham Durbin, and then a lot of people say you got to him, and you stiffened his spine. so can you explain the president 's position because it doesn 't seem to be clear as Mitch McConnell himself has uh, said. Y- Yes, okay, I you. walked
1: into the room and shoved a metal
2: uh, rod down his back well i 'm going to tell yeah. you something one thing that 's clearly evident is the contempt in chuck todd 's voice he, well, do you hear the seething contempt? You know, I, I happened to I catch
1: off the initial part of that where he was like chuckling to himself.
2: So I happen to watch this particular program from beginning to end. And, and one thing I have always, one of my favorite books by Hayek is The Fatal Conceit. And it talks about the, the conceit of the mastermind, collectivist, the socialist. And it talks about how they really don't have, and that's why we had a caller last week about um, John Maynard Keynes. And John Maynard Keynes, to a certain extent, does catch a bad rap um, because he died before he could explain his entire theory. And it's been bastardized to his defense when pressed on the amount of government spending that he felt was acceptable. he never felt more than five percent. We're at twenty five percent now. So it's almost unfair to a certain extent. Well, let's let's get back to Cotton. But the well, I, I wanna, I wanna explain this because Chuck Todd embodies the Dick Durbin, the Nancy Pelosi, the Schumer. He, what he embodies is that fatal conceit that either you agree with the, with the amount of spending, with the vision of the collectivist, or you're stupid. You're not up to par. You don't meet his standards. And that's the issue. So he's talking down to, uh, um, Tom Cotton. So he asked him two
1: questions. He asked him, what kind of deal does the president need? And he also asked him uh, whether he was the one who uh, sort of stiffened his spine.
3: Chuck, uh, I don't think anyone got to Donald Trump. Donald Trump studied the proposal that Dick Durbin and Lindsey Graham put in front of him and realized it didn't address any of our key priorities. Not only did it give legal protections to the population that's in the DACA program, but it gave a mass amnesty to their parents as well. the The people. That's but kind of created the problem to begin with. Didn't give money to new border. No citizenship. Instruction, they weren't going to get but citizenship. But it gives them legal status. That's an amnesty by adjusting their status from illegal to legal, no matter what you call it.
2: That's kind of a big sticking point. It is. That's kind of a big sticking point. What that is, is the is the cloak of virtue that the, the Democrats love to sell. They love to use the children. And then what they do is they corrupt the parents by including them in that cloak, in that Trojan horse. That's what this DACA program is. And that's what it's being manipulated as under Lindsey Graham in conjunction with Dick Durbin, two members of the original Gang of Eight. This is the Liberty Hour. We will be back after these messages. 312-642-5600 if you care to participate.
0: You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling (laughs) 312-642-5600.
5: George, you've got to concede one thing, and that is the Republicans are in control of this government. They control the White House. They control the Senate. They control the House. By nominations sent to the court, they basically control the Supreme Court. We are in a minority position. The Republicans control what comes to the floor in both the House and the Senate. In the Senate, though, with the 60-vote margin, there's a need for bipartisanship. That's all we've asked for. Sit down at the table and let us work this out in a bipartisan fashion. Ace, you know what?
1: Huh. I played the wrong clip.
2: It's all right. I, I, I just like
1: realized that we played that earlier today. You want to know why, why draw the line in the sand? Yep. See, we played that one, too. When the
5: president said <laughs> on January.
1: And we played that one, too. I'm the
2: guy with the headache. Oh, Listen, my goodness. Here's the, here's the issue, though. Let's go off that clip because it's extremely important. It is. It's relevant. What it shows you is Democrats, when they're in the majority, are in control. Democrats, when they're in the minority, are really in control. I am. I am I truly, think that's
1: I think that's true and false for both parties. Well, I'm truly perplexed. I was there for a stupid statement.
2: I like it. I am but truly, truly. It almost. You know, I I am truly perplexed when a government run by Trump, a guy run Trump, is in this negotiation. He has said in a tweet today, "Go nuclear." Going nuclear is fifty plus the one, which is the VP. Right. Fifty plus the one, it's which a is the VP. Temporary rule
1: change or whatever. Yeah.
2: Is. What the Democrats did when Barack Obama and Harry Reid was in control of the Senate—they do it. That's what they did. Now all of a sudden they hate it. Um, it also is is an issue of right now is the only time you're going to do that because the reality is, and as you saw by that, um, the pink beret division of the Viagra Slayers that march in Chicago and all of uh, all of the big cities across the nation, what you you saw there is there's clearly going to be a 2010 title wave of anti-Trump the way there was an anti-Obama in 2010 wave of elections coming into Congress and the Senate. That's what the Democrats are banking on. I think they're overplaying their cards with this particular play of, of holding hostage the government, of shutting down the government when it didn't need to be shut down. In particular, if you look at these last-minute um, these last-minute proposals—they yeah. were for like three days. Did you see it, McBeth? Yeah. It was like just give us seventy-two hours to not do it. Oh, sure. We'll and it was—it was rejected because the Democrats have have calculated that this government shutdown, through the misleading propaganda spewed on the sh- Sunday shows by their cohorts uh, of of, of uh, hosts, right. that this will in fact lead to that tidal wave of a Tea Party type thing, only for socialists. Well,
1: both parties are gunning for that same thing. Yeah, and it conveniently it comes down on two sides of the same issue i i i love to be in the meeting where they decide which issue it'll be in the winter before a, a midterm because if you go back and look through all the midterms there's been something every year and it, it's just you know it's the a problem tiring. is there and then and they, they the, just switch sides
2: the republicans aren't sure they're right let's go four to eight then we switch let's go four to eight then we switch we have time for don we got time in the sure minutes. let's go to don in plainfield don thank you so much for calling the show
7: hey sean Thank you so much for taking my call. Listen, I don't think the problem is Republican or Democrat. I think the real problem is we've lost our independent thought. So I grew up in a very pro-union family. They're not for a right-to-work state at all. Yet they never voted for a Democrat in their life because they couldn't vote for somebody that does not protect life. Um, Don that's what the – c-
2: that's what the seeds of socialism does is it corrupts you slowly over time. That's why it sickens me when, when when I guys who I know are capitalists, guys who I know lived as entrepreneurs, guys who I know worked hard their whole life, and they'll argue for their Social Security benefits. Because it, it it's over time it corrupts you. And that's what you're seeing. That's why all the school problems. What do you mean, public school? Why should anybody pay for somebody else's kid? I love you know my what, neighbors, John? Sal and Jerry. I disagree. John? Yes.
7: Because Thank you, John. That's the correct way to
1: deal with Sean. Go ahead.
7: My, my children wouldn't be allowed to go into private school. Do you understand? So because they have a, a disability, they could not go to a private education school.
2: Don't mistake but government here's, for charity. Here's terror. what I'm
7: saying. Even if you're a Democrat or Republican, you you should have the wisdom to know whether or not we ha- look at our budget. And the problem is, is we live in a system where they have no wisdom on how to lead. It's either you're, you're Republican or Democrat, and they don't know how to get past that. So my problem is is that we really need to look at the wisdom on how to lead forward. It's not that we don't want illegal immigrants to we – don't, we don't sympathize with them. Here's the problem. When my family members and your family members came here from Italy, they left Italy I'm because here. it was a socialist country, and they wanted nothing to do – there wasn't welfare programs in their day and age but I can almost guarantee you that my family when they came here would want nothing to do with that.
2: Don, you and I live in the city of Chicago. You remember when the woman stole the 25 million for the principal scam? You know what I'm talking about? She was just sentenced to 4 yeah. years. Her name escapes me.
1: Uh, bird uh, Bird uh, exactly. Yeah. She stole
2: she she misrepresented 25 million dollars so she could skim 4 million or f- 2.5 right, million like that, was yeah. a kickback to her. Listen to me. In 2012, when Mitt Romney was running, there was a, uh, Controller General Gene Dodaro who, who looked at our budget and found out we have 138 different Double payments in these these government <laughs> scams that we call programs. 138. He went through and through 18. How many of those do you think it could, could be chucked up to? Uh, I'll never forget it. That's why I can do it mistake. off memory. He did 18 of these double payments, and you know what he found out in 2012 yeah. that we overpaid 107 billion dollars. Don't mistake That's charity. Not that much for for progress, Dawn. I think you're wrong on the schools because charity would take it and they would do it efficiently and right. Government double-pays. It's corrupt. It colludes with each other and it pays off its contributors. It doesn't do anything for us that we can't do better ourselves. This is the Liberty Hour. We will be back after these messages. I don't
6: know what we're yelling about!
0: This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer.
2: This is the Liberty Hour each and every weekend, dissecting talking points, rejecting the propaganda. It is always about us. It is always about us being represented. Well, it's always about you. And there has been. And, you know, I've heard it week in and week out on different programs. It's the new... uh, phrase that I have been saying for years, a coup d'etat. There has been a coup d'etat of our political system.
1: What what year did you coin that? But
2: here's the thing. It was under Obama. Because here's, they want you to believe, and and to a certain extent, yes, you could see it. It's about attacking Trump, about attacking his uh, mental stability, about impeaching him. There's no question about it. But the real coup d'etat has happened from a representative government turning into rulers of the people. It's when you see an entire political party openly brag about representing non-citizens in all of these Democrats. You see, I uh, unfortunately do live in Elmwood Park, and I am represented in Congress by one midget former leader of the the, uh, Puerto Rican Socialist Party, Louis Gutierrez. You know, he drove a cab, and I wonder if they still have his booster seat. I do appreciate that about Sean, and I love him for it. So I have been misrepresented by a socialist. And I would call his office from time to time and talk to his cousin, who always I, I always felt like it was an outtake from up in smoke. And I would say, you know, I... Also, i am a constituent, and they would laugh at me. Yeah. I know many of the people who listen to this radio station living in Illinois understand we truly have no representation. There,
1: there are plenty of people in the state who simply aren't. Represented. So I've
2: been, I've been, uh, uh, you know, approached. Uh, what are you, a libertarian? Are you a conservatarian? Are you a Republican? All this stuff. The a re- conservatarian. Conservatarian is really what. Nice try, Sean. Yeah, look it up. There's an excellent book written about the conservatarians. Anyway. Um, what you really have to realize is if you're not a socialist, if you're not buying this redistribution scheme, these Ponzi scheme economics, you know, in this whole thing, the, 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 no one is talking about the debt. This is the first government shutdown I've ever been through. And there's been, I think, 18 that I'm aware of. And none and always the Republicans referred to the debt, the debt, the debt. Not one mentioned it. Not one mentioned the interest on the debt. I have laughed for months and weeks as you hear government, uh, oh, I hope the Fed raises the rate. You do realize that means we pay more for money we borrowed from ourselves?
1: Okay, so conservatarian. Yeah. It's a blue dog Democrat.
2: That's poppycock. It's essential. It, oh, come on. You what, looked what's it up the difference? On your phone, you're one yes. of these millenniums with your yes. Google no, nonsense. No. Yes, I did, no. and then I looked at two of the websites. A, a conservatarian, by, by definition of the book, yeah. I, the author esca- it escapes me his name. I'm not good. JFK
1: would have been a conservatarian from the three websites I just saw.
2: Reagan would have been a conservatarian. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. See, what you could really talk about, how it's but a neoliberal. All
1: three of those could, in essence, if you look at, uh, yes, neoliberal is good, good but uh, trans- all three of those could be construed as a form of libertarianism.
2: It's a transcontinental neoliberal is the correct term. Transcontinental
1: Yeah, neoliberal. that's what it is, because is that,
2: it, it happened at the same time Was spurred right? through Hayek and von Mises, and as, we, as you saw, Milton Friedman really articulated to the people. And that's why it's offensive to people who, who do believe in capitalism, who do believe in the Declaration of Independence, when we call fascists, socialist fascists, we call them liberal. Little Dick Durbin, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are not liberal. This weekend proves it. They are socialist fascists. That's what they are. You will bend a knee to them or you will not exist. You will buy the socialist propaganda that they're selling and you will get on board. That is not liberalism. Liberalism is each man is a king of his own castle. That's not what they want. They want your neighbor to raise your kids. They want your your great-grandkids to pay for your social security. It is a a socialism that they can't figure out. We're sinking in the quicksand, and they're demanding for an expansion of it. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night, 10 to 11. We will be back next week, and I will be fresh off a plane from selling real estate in Florida. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home.